Okay, so you've met Cynthia. I have five kids for those who are listening. They are like ranging from 27 to 11, but Cynthia is fun. She, well, no, the others are fun too if they're listening. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you guys are also fun. She's, no, Cynthia is fun. She's fun. For a short stint, she was a waitress at a restaurant we really like. Wait, was she hostess or waitress? Hostess, yeah. Hostess, that's right. Oh, that's why the story was great because she was hostess. Mm-hmm. And we sat down and we were looking at the menu and she snuck over away from the hostess post yeah. over to our table and like knelt down by the side of the table. And she was like, guys, let me tell you the best stuff on the menu. Like, I, it was amazing. Yeah, it was so I fun. She, we were like, yes. she loved it. She was good. She yeah, was good. Yeah. She was really she, good. We need to interview her sometime because her career journey has been kind of interesting, even at 20. I do think we should. Know, Seriously, cool. ask her. Yeah. Yeah. So one of the things she's known for, though, is that she's she's sharp in her her lane, but actually very similar to me where you can say things sometimes when it goes, and then she like, she missed it, yeah. you know? Uh-huh. Yeah. So this was funny. I'm going to share one. It was funny. Uh, she did a road trip. This was kind of fun. She saved up, you know that she saved up all of her money, all of her money, mm-hmm. bought a van and drove to the West for the whole summer last mm-hmm. year, all by herself. Oh no, her boyfriend went with her. That was a last minute decision. And they had a great time. Except at the end. <laughs> and I won't get into the details of this part, but there's a funny part to this story. But basically, they got pulled over and arrested. Mm-hmm. And that's the part I won't get into. And all is clear. <laughs> and I actually asked that. her if I could yeah. tell this story. So you got it. Mm. So it all got cleared and figured out and stuff like that. But it was a hot little mess for a while there, right? As we were trying to figure some things out there. So she comes back and she's trying to figure out what's next. And she's sitting there at the kitchen counter and she says, I just wish I could sell my van. And I'm like, you can sell your van. She's like, what? I can sell my van? And I'm like, yeah, why, why can't you sell your van? She's like, because I have a dirty title. (laughs) Somehow she picked up like, you know, a, like I don't think she understood. She like heard coming. Okay, you know yeah. what? Here's the deal. Yeah. When she was buying the van, we were like, make sure you don't buy a dirty, t- you know, one with a dirty title, uh-huh. right? Like, right. but I thought we explained to her it was like theft and like it's stolen, right? Right. I'm, like, I'm, I'm now I'm second guessing myself. <laughs> <laughs> no, yo, this is the twist. You're the one who's wrong. <laughs> it's so cute. Yeah. So she kind of in her mind she reinterpreted it. Mm-hmm. Brand, brand new story in her head. That she couldn't sell the van because it was it had a dirty story. Like yeah. you get it, like like they got they got arrested yeah. this van, so therefore we can't sell it because it had a dirty the title. Van is Come dirty. On. Is that adorable? Like yeah. I, I just think those little cute mishaps yeah. in life are just so well, they're they're the things that make her her. I, I like it when she has those happen. I like it for a number of reasons. It's it's funny. It's also great because, yeah, she's a mini you and like you have yeah. similar things happen. <laughs> and do. because I have them diff- different yeah, kinds, but I have do. it too. I have that like yeah. we call it. Well, in my house, we call it Barry Obliviousness because yeah. we knew this guy named Barry. Oh. I think you knew Barry, too. Mm. And he would tell stories of like, actually, I'll tell one of his stories. Yeah, go for it. The short version, like for a while, he worked on the hill as like a kid, as an intern. Uh-huh. I don't know, in college, maybe. Or maybe right hill. after college, something like hill. that on the hill. And whatever company you work for, they're like, well, you got to go get, you know, can you get this question answered from XYZ congressman? 
So he's like, oh, all right, cool. He walks out the office door. He walks over to um, the Capitol. He walks up the steps in into the congressman's office and asks the question and gets it answered. He comes back to the office and the boss is like, he's like, here's the answer. And his boss is like, how'd you get the answer? He's like, I went and asked the congressman. He's like, but I just asked you like, just, you know, whatever it was earlier that day or yesterday. I just asked, he's like, so how'd you get the answer? He's like, I, well, I went over and asked him like, (laughs) basically he he, did it literally. He was like, but there's like 5,000 steps. You're supposed to do that. (laughs) 5,000 steps. You can't just walk in. And he's like, Oh, well I did. I did. (laughs) And so he got this amazing thing done. Yeah. Uh, purely out of obliviousness. He had no yeah. idea that Sometimes was how those are like nice places to be in life. Yeah. Yeah, you do. I do. Yeah. I love it. Okay. So I have a I have a shout out around a coaching conversation I had that I thought would be an interesting one to share with our listeners. Yeah. So sometimes when we're working with people and they're like, they come to the coaching session and they're like, All right, what would you like out of the session? And they're this particular client said, I want to, I want to figure out, I want to figure out, I want you to tell me what to do next. I want you to tell me what to do next. Right. Yep, yeah. So, but as we were talking, I, instead of telling her what to do next, uh-huh. I said, why, what's blocking you from deciding what to do next? Very coaching question. Cause there. you're a great coach. <laughs> and she realized all I wanted to say that my shout out was, is that we realized that there was one huge decision that hadn't been made, which was clogging the drain is what I would say from making any other. And she realized, Oh, I haven't finished that That first decision before. And she was too excited about the next one, but she hadn't finished the loop on this Uh, one. And it was like (laughs) so many times when I'm coached, I'm like, I wish I knew about coaching earlier. I wish I got it more earlier on because those things happen all the time. It's anyway, it was right in front of her. And it wasn't until I asked that she goes, Oh my God. And then we realized, okay, so we're not going to actually talk about what's next because what we have to do is close the loop on that the one and then one. we can figure out what's yes. next. And so that was, I was it. It was just so, but to her, it was everything yeah. because she, she was like, Ugh. yeah, she was stuck, but she was actually stuck for, for the reason, the wrong reason. Oh yeah. Cause I love those first conversations when, for the people who really love and need process and they're like, okay, how is this going to work? Tell me exactly how coaching is going to work. Mm-hmm. And I'll kind of give them what they're looking for because they just need that assurance that like there is a process yeah but all the while in your head you know it's like but it's not going to go that way (laughs) like that's actually part of what's so powerful about it is things detours are going to happen you didn't expect they're actually the more important stuff yeah you know what else is going to happen is people are Uh (laughs) what are they going to say i've had this a few times recently where someone's like hey i heard on the podcast you were telling you were talking about me that was about me wasn't it that (laughs) shout out and i'm like no it's just everyone we all have the same stuff okay actually it wasn't about them i went back and i pulled up the episode real quick i was like nope that was not about you i definitely have had clients so say was that shout out about me and i go "Mm mm-hmm Ooh, yeah (laughs) got him but notice i didn't say your name see okay right okay we've been getting a lot of questions around dealing with change it's a hot topic in companies right now so i wanted to gripe for a second though about how different personality types deal with change Mm mm-hmm and depending on the framework mm. you look at, there's going to be different nuances. But, you know, there's similarities between, um, of course, I like to use one that's based on the color, the four colors. There's a few. A lot of people are familiar with DISC. 
you've been working with companies lately on insights discovery right it uses the four colors but a little right. there's but, some differences yeah, there i always feel like it's important to say which color grouping you're yeah. talking about yeah right i'm certified with personalysis so that's just the one that's my go-to because yeah. i know the most there but so i'll use those colors basically there's four the red they jump to conclusions that's kind of their go-to right in dealing with change green they're um, they're a little more mm. nervous about the change and they need to know the risks. Uh, I'm going to say a little more here in a sec. Blue, mm. they need to kind of sleep on it and process things mm -hmm. when dealing with change. And yellow needs to like talk it out with people. Mm -hmm. So my gripe is just that we all experience it, deal with it differently. Yeah. <laughs> but we often think that everyone else deals with it how we do. So I think that's another reason why I love personality typing systems and, you know, archetypes and all that is it helps us understand each other better. Um, because yeah, the red, like I am more in the blue. I really need to process through and think through stuff a lot. Mm -hmm. So then I'm interacting with someone more red. They're like jumping to conclusions. Alrighty. They just need the yep. steps. What are the steps I should do? They mm -hmm. don't need all the context like I want. Right. Right. <laughs> and so I'm often like frustrated with someone yeah, like that. Yeah. But the funny part is like usually after my like 86 days of thinking about it, 86. I come back to the same thing they were <laughs> They were concluding at the beginning, you know, oh. they were actually right a lot of the times, right. but that doesn't negate the fact that I needed to like process through it and think through it. Um, the yellow kind of needs to talk through it with people. So similarly, that can conflict with the green types where they really need to kind of like get quiet. Get, they need to kind of, yeah, get quiet. Okay. Know like, what are they dealing with? Give me the risks. Okay. Give me the data. Give me the actual like. Mm -hmm. what is the proven like history here I can rely on? Mm. So yeah, it's definitely mm -hmm. a more internal um, posture. Mm -hmm. Whereas the yellow is trying to like talk it out with them. And they're like, they're like please, please stop talking. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I thought the interesting piece about yellow is they're always thinking like, what, um, what will we lose if we don't make this change? I thought you were going to say, what will we lose if we don't talk about if it? If we don't <laughs> talk about it. And the green's like, um everything <laughs> <That's right. laughs> yeah yeah so yellow of course because they look at more like the possibilities and stuff they're yeah. trying to see like um but what will we lose if we don't yeah um versus the greens more looking at but like what but what are we gonna lose like we're mm -hmm. losing stuff and it's a problem mm -hmm. so i don't know maybe not as much of a gripe but like people how people deal with change so differently yeah it's 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 back to my favorite part about Anything you do to look at people through any kind of assessment, if you could take that away, recognizing that no one will ever experience it. Even another yellow won't experience it like you, though. Isn't I mean, that that's crazy part because too? your perspective is your perspective. Can we make it's, it even more difficult? Yeah, I know. Because <laughs> everyone's story and where their origin, their family of origin, everything creates yeah. a different perspective. So that's even different, too. But it does give you at least somewhat of a framework yeah. to begin to try to understand that not everyone feels the way you do and interprets and processes yeah. the way that you do. Yeah. So it's a good one. Okay. So let's talk about managing through change. Okay. Dealing, dealing with change more, a little more managing through change. Um, the question's been popping up. It's a hot topic. I think cause a lot of companies are, we just, we just experienced pandemic type changes. Mm -hmm. So that's got everyone a little nervous. And now there's, more waves of changes in companies because you have returning to the office and hybrid work. Yeah. You have big rounds of layoffs at big companies and the economic changes. And 
all of the uncertainty. Mm-hmm. I think um, what I what I want to really drill down on today is the fact that oftentimes the change itself isn't the problem. the The world changes all the time; always has, always will. Like that's that's actually the normal. The problem is more about the fear and uncertainty that comes with change. Mm-hmm. So I wanted to almost like, this isn't an interview, but I wanted to ask you some questions around managing through change because I think so much of the solution is just over communicating. Like Mm -hmm. if we can communicate more uh, sooner, if we can communicate sooner and more frequently and more openly, it diminishes so much of that fear and uncertainty. Mm -hmm. That's actually the problem. The change itself is not the problem. Right. Now, of course, there are career paths and jobs with, a, you know, way, 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 way less change. Mm-hmm. And maybe you're a personality more suited for that if it's if it's really messing with you. But um, the majority of jobs deal with a lot of change. And so uh, what I was thinking about is how how do we like over communicate? Because I just mm-hmm. keep noticing these scenarios where f- for uh, classic example all the time there's some big kind of change happening in in an organization and it's very hush hush and like the top leaders are talking about it and figuring it out and waiting until everything's perfect waiting until they have all the answers to any potential question and then they come out with the announcement of the change yeah and what do we hear in coaching all people of all levels is they're they're mad or they're upset or they're thrown off by the fact that it was such a surprise Mm-hmm. That they didn't know along the way what was being talked about or what what the, something was in the works. It's almost like they're not even that mad at the change. They're mad at the process that no one included them or filled them in. Mm-hmm. And and so, of course, you know me, when I went to start greenhouses, like, let's flip some of these things on its head. And so I'm not perfect at it, but I try to, like, really give a lot of in-the-moment updates all the time. Like, hey, here's what's happening. Here's, you know what I'm thinking about it. Here's what's going on. And I notice the flip side of that, that oftentimes people are, it's so much better to just at least be in the know, even if there's change that you're not going to like, even Mm -hmm. if you don't have control over it. Um, so I'm just curious about the like over communicating part, because Mm -hmm. I think you're so good at that. Like you naturally communicate things while they're in process. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think for a lot of people, they struggle with that part of it. It's such a delicate balance, too. You've heard me say before that you lose people in general. You lose people. If you don't delicately handle the process, the delivery, or the debrief, uh-huh. the three things. It's like yeah. people want to actually be a part of all three. Yeah. And But what you share about each one is really important. Yeah. So what you're describing is you're saying that what happens is, is the leadership leaves people out of the process they go right to the delivery and then people freak out and they're like, where'd this come from? And they sometimes lose people because they didn't have any clue. Yeah. And it feels a bit inhumane because it's yeah. like, I'm a smart adult. I was right. able to like get to this place and into this job and do right. a job in this job. How come you didn't like tell me anything? Right. <laughs> and yeah, I feel for the, the leader side of it too, because often there is a sense of, well, if we break some news too early or before it's, right. it's fully like figured out it'll cause this like ripple effect of chaos yep that's what people are afraid of which is a real thing too mm-hmm. that's I why just, i was like it's so delicate what yes. you decide yeah, yeah what you decide but you can even tell people what you're thinking about or what 
Yeah. Yeah. There's like, I just think if there's a spectrum of telling too much and not telling enough, Mm -hmm. most leaders, most organizations tend way towards Mm -hmm. the not telling enough. Mm -hmm. Um, And so it's like, if you could even just lean a little closer to telling too much, you're still probably not at risk of telling too much. Yeah. But what I've found over and over is in the absence of information, people fill in the worst case scenario. Absolutely. And you see it all the time, right? If people don't have the true story, their brains go to like the worst possible. And then people end up quitting. People quit over this. People get really upset. Even when the outcome was good for them, they get upset (laughs) because they just feel like, what? They Mm -hmm. They weren't in the know. And yeah, I wonder how often it could be like, well, I can't tell you anything yet, but I'm going to tell you that this is in process and this, Mm -hmm. there is some things being talked about and or here's sometimes what I you can, can tell yeah, you. I was about to say, sometimes you can tell them what you can and just say, here's what I do know, you know, and even if the no is, is something that's reassuring in some way, mm-hmm. you know, uh, I know that there's this one company I was talking to where they were getting to the point where money had reached its max. Uh-huh. They were not going under, but they were not going, they were like salaries, like yeah, compensation. Yeah, so like, yes. Yeah. So that meant that potentially bonuses were not going to happen, yep. right? So instead of waiting until just boom, there there was like this six to seven month buildup around what can we be doing differently to make to like, here's yeah. what I'm observing. Here's what I'm noticing. So let's talk about what we need to revisit around our strategy around these numbers changing. Because if you remember, these were our goals. We're actually not at our goals. I want to keep, he kept bringing up yeah. the goals yeah. so that it wasn't like silent, silent, silent and the leadership's talking about. And then they're just like, guess what? No bonuses. Yeah, because and I get it. Like I worry about that all the time. Well, if I if I share something that's in the works or that's not sure yet, or maybe a potential change on the horizon because Mm -hmm. of what's going on in the world, it's like you don't Mm want to freak people out unnecessarily. Mm -hmm. Maybe that's let's use that example though. Okay. Because that is a common one right Mm -hmm. now. What is and you're coaching a manager. Let's say like Mm -hmm. a mid-level manager, but they lead like 10 people. Sure. Um and they're kind of worried about all these conversations at better yet, they're avoiding conversations with the people right. who report to them, but they're feeling like they're being told, like, you got to manage through change, you know, let's manage through change better. What are some ways they can communicate better in that situation? So using that example that we were just talking about, right? Mm-hmm. We don't want to, right. The example is, I don't, they don't want to flat out say, listen, guys, you don't reach this number, you're not going to get your bonus in seven months. Uh-huh. That's like a Debbie Downer, right? That's yeah. like a, so how do, how do you start having these, building them into one? That was what the strategy was. How do we start building them into our one-on-one conversations saying, all right, so let's take a look at our goals again. Do you mm-hmm. remember last year we were at this number? This year we're at this number. So what are, what are some things that you could do this week to get us closer to moving things that it's like instead of it making it like so far out what i noticed that they were doing was bringing it back yeah closer uh-huh. so that they could see and then there was lots of updates so it was like we've moved the needle this direction or we've gotten this before yeah. there has still been no movement at all so yeah. what's a new idea what it was like bringing people in so that they felt bought in but what th- this particular owner was feeling like i want people to have skin in the game mm-hmm. instead of it just being like you surprised us with no bonus and you didn't tell us we could have worked harder yeah. to maybe get us to the place where we got them. Yeah. Well, yeah, because I'm, I'm picturing right there. There's part of the answer is months and months before the decision of we're cutting bonuses. Yeah. Could be these conversations where managers are like, hey, Sunday, so this was our goal this year. 
Mm-hmm. This is where we're at. This is what's going on in the world and in, in our industry, et cetera. And, you know, hopefully you already even know this, but it's like, as you know, like if we don't, if we don't hit these numbers, like we're going to have to take some steps and maybe you're able, even able to share some of them, like mm-hmm. cutting bonuses or figuring mm-hmm. something out. So, you know, we want us to start talking about it and working on it now. And this is where we're currently at. We're, we're, we don't know all the answers. We don't know where we're going to land, but this is where we're at now. Yeah. If you're not even able to share that much, you could still, I could still say, just want you to know, like, we're looking at this problem when we're talking about it and we're trying to figure out the best way to go about it. Mm-hmm. You know, we'll probably share some stuff four months from now, but mm-hmm. I wanted you to be aware. Mm-hmm. Like, even sharing that yep. helps dignify me, you as a person that yep. like, yeah, you're a person who works at this job who needs to make decisions yep. about your life. So the change affects you and you you probably wouldn't expect to be able to know everything yet. Yep. It's, and also think about the empowerment you could poten- potentially have. You could say, listen, we hired smart people here because we're in this place. I'd like to talk with you about it because I imagine that you might have solutions. Yeah. Not just us. So I want to talk to you about it. You guys are the ones doing the work. Let's solution together. Yeah. And that is ex- actually kind of an exciting thing. It is. Okay. So that probably touches on thing. why you're so good at it. I've just, gosh, this isn't exactly managing change, but in general. Right. Just in general in the workplace, you are always communicating like thoughts in process. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yes. can't think of a specific example, but it's like, hey, and here's um, here's what we just talked about. Mm-hmm. Or here's what I'm thinking about. Here's kind of where we're headed. Mm-hmm. It's those little updates. Mm-hmm. See, because the problem is when we wait till it's so bad that we need a huge program to fix it all. It's like... We need a huge change management, you know, speaker to come in. It's like, no, it's too late now. Right. Actually, what you need is along the way, just share the little over communicate, share little updates, share more information. I was thinking, (laughs) I I was thinking maybe at work, I'm a little better at this because at home, I'm not. (laughs) I'm so bad at this. Sometimes this this happens. In personal life. So one way that I'll share is that we have this phrase, you know about it. It's actually translated a bit into mm-hmm. work and Ashley will say like you're steving it yes. and we just know what that means now right. but steving it is an official verb that means like I walked out of the room without even saying where I was going or what I'm up to yeah yeah but well it's really funny to it really is funny to you, well, you guys did a skit you did a skit of me once <laughs> because what happened was is sometimes you we're all brainstorming yeah. and you actually had a great thought. Uh-huh. But what happened was is you didn't tell us you had the great thought and you just left the room to go whiteboard it. Awesome. Uh, without us. Thanks, Steve. And, yeah. <laughs> we're like, and, the, and I do this all the time at home because, yeah. yeah, I'm in my head or yeah. I'm just like, I'm an efficiency person. So I'm like, well, yeah. I'm not going to stop and talk about going. I'm just going to go. And right. but it actually kind of, I think it illustrates the point because this happened the other day where um, Ashley and I were both at the gym and I went over to say hi to her and she was like, hey, how much longer, you know, when are you going to be done? I was like, ah, about 20 minutes, okay. 20, 25 minutes, I'll be done. Well, in my head, that was like, that's when I was done with the workout. And then I was there with a friend and we had kids in the kids zone and we were going to hit the pool with them and do all these things. There was still like two more hours Sunday after the 20 minutes. <laughs> I was trying, I mean, and you know, I was being honest, like yeah. I was trying to answer a question of like, how much Just longer is your workout? workout? 20 minutes. Oh, it's- so an hour 45 later, I get this panic call from her and she's like, where are you? 
I'm like, I, she's like, I've been trying to call your phone. I was worried because you said 20 minutes. It's been like two hours. So I'm now I'm heading back over to the gym to make sure everything's okay. I was like, oh gosh, uh, I'm sorry. I I was saying 20 minutes like that was the workout, but then there's yeah. this, this other. You get the point. It was I just do. kind of like, yep. I wasn't over communicating like yep. the thoughts and the press, what was going on. Yeah. And so it caused this problem. Now, now it's kind of mm -hmm. like too late to talk about yep, change management. <laughs> she kind of just needed to hear my thought process. She did. Um, I don't know. Not a yeah. perfect illustration, but it, it's like, I think you, you do that well where you're kind of just like communicating what's going on, what's mm -hmm. in your head, mm -hmm. where are we headed next? What, so there's not these big buildups. Yeah. I think if, if a manager can just even keep those three steps in mind okay. and over communicate. Wait, say them again. Process. Mm -hmm. Over communicate about the process of where we're at, the process of what we're thinking, the process of what we're doing, just the processes. Um, and then if we can over communicate the delivery of what we're, that's the delivery part. That's what we're going to do. Mm -hmm. And what I mean by that too is like make yourself available. So the delivery was made, mm -hmm. that whatever announcement, now I'm available. I yeah. am available to process through that, to talk through it. Da, da, da. How did that, how did you experience it? How can I help you through this? It's yeah. that, it's that availability thing too. So yeah. the process and the, the delivery. And then the last one is the debrief. After we've now experienced the announcement or the change, it's now, how are you living it out? How is it affecting mm -hmm. you? Again, that availability. Gosh, that's Just huge. those three things. And then leaders in big companies especially will say, well, there's just not enough time in the calendar for that availability. Mm -hmm. Now we're back to calendar blocking. Right. Now we're back to calendar. <laughs> now we're about, yeah, it's, it's also, are you empowering the right people underneath you yeah. to make sure that that people have access to the right person to be able to communicate to. Yeah. Yeah. And calendar blocking. <laughs> calendar blocking. Coaching session with Greenhouse. I love calendar blocking. It's like one of my favorite topics. Yeah, because often what happens when I'm, when we're coaching people through, yes, we do have like a calendar blocking coaching sessions. <laughs> it actually really helps with this. Often what happens is we create a block for one-on-ones yeah. where it's like the leader can prep and then talk to a bunch a of different people, people in a row yeah. and then be done with that. Mm -hmm. But it ensures that you don't have like a month that goes by where no one had access to like right. chat with you. Mm -hmm. um, because of course, just creating more Slack channels doesn't help either. No, nope, it doesn't. <laughs> All right. So really when it comes to managing change and the fears people have about it, I think the problem is not the change itself. Like the world's always changing. I think mm. the problem is the uncertainty that comes with change. Yeah. And so how do we get ahead of that uncertainty? How do we manage through change when that's the real problem? I think it comes down to over communicating. Mm -hmm. Like how can you actually um, over communicate what's going on and what you're thinking and what's being talked about and what's mm -hmm. being decided or what may or may not happen? Because in the absence of that information, people just like fill in the worst case scenario. They do. And then they go to bad places. And like we said, yep. sometimes they'll quit or be upset even when the outcome was good for them. Yep, absolutely. But you had like a three, what are those three places to communicate? The three places to over communicate are to bring people in, in the process of what you're thinking, to bring people in on the delivery of whatever that decision's been made, and also in the debrief. If you leave people out of any one of those, that's where you can just lose an individual. 